0: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can run to you and actually that your word says that you run after us, that you're seeking us and searching for us and, and you won't quit until you find us. And God, I pray this, this day as we focus on another aspect of the Lord's prayer, Jesus' prayer, which is your provision in our lives. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would remind us that we don't need to fret And we don't want to forget the provision that you've given us. Thank you for your goodness, your love, your truth, your blessing. We pray that your spirit would speak through us, to us, through your word right now. In Jesus' name, amen. As I prepared today's message, it occurred to me that the Lord's prayer was only necessary because sin entered into the world. Now think about it. Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world. God supplied all their needs, and they had the opportunity to talk with God every single day. In that environment, they knew God intimately. We don't know if they called God Father, but whatever they called Him, it was personal. They didn't need to pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it was in heaven, because the earth was actually God's realm They didn't need to ask God to supply their daily food because he had already supplied everything that they needed. He didn't have to forgive them for their sins because there was no sin. In fact, as we think about the Lord's Prayer as it's been presented by Jesus, the only petitions that would have been necessary in that moment was, hallowed be your name, and then keep us from temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Sin complicates everything. Indeed, if Adam and Eve had never sinned, then Jesus would never have needed to come to the earth to live a perfect life, to die on the cross, to pay the penalty for our sins, to rise again from the dead, to return to heaven, and then send the Holy Spirit to us. But they did sin. They did turn away from God's purpose and will for their lives, and they gave in to the deception and lies of the devil. So we also find ourselves having to deal with the deception and lies of the devil, Sorry for not getting off on a positive note in this message, but sometimes we need to remember before we can experience the good news of Jesus, we need to know the bad news. The bad news is we live in a fallen world, a world where the Lord's prayer is necessary if we are going to navigate spiritually and physically in ways that honor and glorify God. The good news is Jesus came not only to give us his powerful prayer, but to restore our broken relationship with God the Father. So we could experience the new life that can only come through His perfect life, through His sacrificial death, resurrection, and pouring out of His Holy Spirit among us. As we continue our series, New Beginnings, the Lord's Prayer, we turn to the next petition. And it's really one that we might find a little bit unnecessary on the face of it. The petition is, give us this day our daily bread. Let's read it as we find it in its context in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Jesus said, pray like this, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. The new living translation reads, give us today the food we need. While we often say it when we actually say the Lord's Prayer, as we're going to do today as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, give us this day our daily bread. The original Greek can be translated either give us this day our bread for today or give us this day our bread for tomorrow. Now, either way, Jesus told us to call on God to provide for our daily food. The question is don't we already have our daily food? I mean, how many of us have an empty refrigerator or an empty pantry? How many of us, if we needed to, can't go to Giant Eagle or Sprankles or Aldi's or Costco, Sam's Club, even McDonald's or Burger King? While many around the world do indeed need to pray for their daily bread because they don't have food for today or tomorrow, most of us do. What, why did Jesus tell us to pray for God to supply Our daily needs. The best answer I can give to that question is simply this. Jesus knew our tendency to take credit for God's provision in our lives. Have you ever stopped to pat yourself on the back for all the accomplishments you've made or how much you've been able to accomplish and accumulate through your hard work and perseverance? We live in a culture that idolizes stories of hard work and pulling oneself up by their bootstraps to gain success despite tremendous odds. God saw that kind of response coming all the way back to when his people, the Israelites, his chosen people, were in the wilderness and just getting ready to enter the promised land after 400 years in slavery. And then 40 years in the wilderness because of their disobedience to him. So let's look at what God said to this group of people who are just about ready to enter the promised land, a land that we always hear about that was flowing with milk and honey. You're going to find it if you'd like to follow along in your Bible or Bible app in the fifth book of the Bible, Deuteronomy. It's chapter eight, starting in verse six. We read, so obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, Be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. God told the Israelites what was about to happen. They were going to enter an amazing land, and a land that they didn't create or buy. They would find abundant water, wheat, barley, grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. Food would be abundant, and they would also find that there would be copper and iron there as well in abundance. They would be lacking nothing the Lord tells them something powerful. He says, when you have eaten your filth, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Now, why would God find it necessary before they even entered the promised land to tell them to remember to be grateful? Well, he tells us, if we read in verse 11 and following, it says, but that time, but that is the time to be careful Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful, do not become proud at that time. And forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness of food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you. For your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant. He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Living with more than we need can be dangerous. It can affect our memories. We can forget that God is the source of all of our blessing. In fact, God is the source of every good and perfect gift, as the Apostle James told us. The last statement that God made to the Israelites was that he is the one who gives us the power to be successful. Or I like really how the ESV puts it. It says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gave you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Apparently, there really is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. Even the ability to work or get wealth is a gift from God. The amazing truth is, we human beings find it easy to fret about our daily needs or to forget about the one who provides them. Let me say that again. The amazing truth is, we human beings find it easy to fret about our daily needs or to forget about the one who provides them. Shortly after Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, he also taught a follow-up lesson on trusting God. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. God told the Israelites to remember his amazing provision in their lives when they entered that land flowing with milk and honey. And then Jesus told his listeners not to worry about where they would get their milk and honey. So which end of the spectrum is your tendency? Do you tend to fret about life, about what's going to, you know, what you need in your life? Are you going to have enough? Or do you tend to forget about God's hand of provision in, in every ounce of the provision he offers? When Jesus told us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he reminded us not to fret or forget because our heavenly Father has our backs. He's there to meet our needs. So let's look at today's take-home point. It's that one point that I'm going to make from all these scriptures we're reading that's going to point out how we're supposed to live in this week ahead. And here it is. When we put our Heavenly Father first, He supplies what we need. When we put our Heavenly Father first, He supplies what we need. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. I prefer the translation that says it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added to you. We might have full refrigerators, freezers and pantries and if we do, I pray that we thank God for every single item. But if we lack anything, Jesus told us we don't need to fret. All we need to do is seek God, his kingdom, his, a right relationship with him first and he's going to give us whatever we need. I've always appreciated Søren Kierkegaard's commentary on Matthew 6.33. He said if you don't seek first the kingdom of God, you won't seek the kingdom of God. Jesus' command to pray for God to supply our daily bread is a reminder that God supplies every single thing we need. In Jesus' day, bread was a staple food. But in our day, most of us can eat whatever we want, right? In fact, during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, many of you told me that you found out you had an unhealthy relationship with food. If Jesus' listeners from that day were able to jump into a time machine and come to our day, they would be incredulous at the abundant supply of food that we have. Jesus' admonition to pray for our daily bread reminds us he wasn't talking about extravagant supply, but daily need. As we consider about how much we have, and again, I recognize not everyone has an abundance, but many of us do. How many of us go to God and say, thank you for all that we have? When we read through the Lord's Prayer, there's something missing. I find it a little strange. I mean, it's one of the few things that the Lord's Prayer doesn't contain. It's thanksgiving. I mean, there's nowhere in the Lord's Prayer it says, give thanks to God for all that we have. Why is it missing? Could it be that Jesus actually assumed that when we pray, God, give us this day our daily bread, and he does, that we would just stop and say thank you? After all, Jesus... Is found giving thanks to God, his heavenly Father, many times in the Gospels, the accounts of his own life. Perhaps he assumed that we would do the same. But Jesus knew our natures, he knew our tendency to fret, fret, or to forget God's provision. I'm grateful for his reminders to look around when we're fretting. Remember the images he used, the first one he said, look around at the birds. The birds, they don't plant, they don't cultivate, they don't store into barns, and yet God feeds them. And I've joked many times as I've preached about this passage of scripture that God doesn't feed the birds in our backyard, I do. Nancy loves to watch birds. So a few years ago, I put up, got some four by fours, put them together, put up a hanging contraption so that we can have four bird feeders. The most recent addition actually can, can hold 10 pounds of bird food. It's a lot of bird food. And the thing is, dozens and dozens of birds come every single day to eat at those bird feeders. And you know what? I have never seen one of those birds wearing a backpack, having Ziploc bags, or any other kind of container. They just show up every day and eat the seed that day. Next day they show up, eat the seed the next day. God feeds them. So why do we fret? That God won't feed us. Here's the short answer we forget God's provision. Anytime I've ever worried that God was going to provide something that I needed, God has always come through. God has always provided. Who do you think puts it in our minds that God is going to fail us today or tomorrow? It isn't God. Remember, we wouldn't need the Lord's Prayer at all if sin had never entered into the world. It's the devil and his minions who lie and cast doubt in our minds about God's goodness and provision. But God is our Heavenly Father. He is plotting to do us good every single moment of every single day of our lives. Jesus told us that when we keep Him first in our lives, He will provide what we need Some of us have learned that through long years of experience. Every time we've needed something and we've put God first in our lives, He has come through. Now, that doesn't mean we might have the biggest house or the best car or the most expensive food that's ever been created. It doesn't mean we're never going to experience a bad day or a bad week or even a bad year for that matter. It means that God won't desert us. God won't deny us. And God won't forget us. But the funny thing is, Once we've trusted God and learned that He is trustable, that He does provide what we need, and once we've learned to live according to His principles and His promises in our lives, once we've actually realized we also live in that land flowing with milk and honey, here's what the devil does. He turns to a new approach. He says, oh, forget God. You don't need Him. Look at what you've done all by yourself. If you have ever thought, look at what I have done all by myself, that thought Did not come from God. Let's look at that statement again. If you have ever said to yourself, ever thought, look at what I have done all by myself, that thought did not come from God. It's so easy for us to hop back and forth between fretting for what we don't have to forgetting all that God has given us. One day we lack or we want or we have need, and so we wonder, did God forget about me? And the next day we have everything that we need, and we think, whoa, look at me. Look at how I have provided everything I need. It's crazy, but it's so easy to do. Jesus said, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbeliever. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Jesus said it's pagans, unbelievers, who fret about provision. Believers don't do that. Why? Because when we ask our Heavenly Father for anything, He provides it, all that we need. He actually knows what we need before we ask Him, and He's ready to provide for all our needs, all. Praying give us this day our daily bread reminds us not to fret or forget that God is the one who gives us what we need. But let us remind ourselves of something else. It's very vital. It does not say, give me this day my daily bread, but give us this day our daily bread. Why? Why did Jesus make it us and our instead of me and my? Well, the simple answer is we all get to be part of answering this petition. The early church was famous for helping each other. Being a Christian in Jesus' day, right after he died, and rose from the dead, went back to heaven and the early church started, being a Christian in those days meant persecution. It meant losing your job because people didn't want people who followed Jesus. It meant even being martyred for your faith. And so in that context, the early believers not only were willing to make those sacrifices, but they loved each other. They saw Jesus' command to Pray for our daily bread as an opportunity to do practical things when it came to loving each other, like giving each other food. If somebody had food and somebody didn't, they shared. If somebody had a place to stay, somebody else didn't, they gave them a place to stay. If somebody needed clothing, they gave them the extra clothing that they had. It was a time in which people shared what they had. And over the years, Nancy and I have been blessed to open up our home to many people for days, for weeks, for months, and even for years, we've found that to be one way that we can meet the needs of other people. We can answer this petition of give us this day the food or the things that we need. We can do that by opening our home to others. And, you know, people have come to me and said, isn't it inconvenient to have other people living in your home? Well, of course it's inconvenient to have other people living in our home. I mean, Nancy finds it inconvenient to have me living in our home sometimes, thankfully, He's, she's put up with the inconvenience. Living as Jesus' followers isn't always easy. It isn't always convenient because we live in a fallen world and we have an adversary, the devil, who Jesus said is out to kill, steal, and destroy from us. But the good news is we have a God who is faithful and generous in providing all our needs when we put him first. There's never been a time in America when Christians need to act like Jesus more than right now. Whether that means helping one another with food or clothing or a place to live or helping one another through times of doubt, depression, and desperation, our faith is not a nice idea. It's love in action. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are laying down our fretting and forgetting, and we are standing with Jesus and with one another. There's not a single need in this church family that this church family can't provide in the power of the Holy Spirit and with the resources that God has already provided to us. Now, I'm not suggesting some socialistic experiment where we all turn in all our stuff and give it over to the leaders of the church to distribute equally. I'm, st- I'm stating this truth, that when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, our God is big enough to supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory, and He will use us to do it when we stop our fretting and our forgetting and we live the abundant, generous, faithful lives that he created us to live. Jesus died to give us lives that are abundantly full, that are generous, and that are filled with faith. And so it starts for us to experience those lives, if we want to live out the life that Jesus died and rose again, and went back to heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit to give us, it starts with seeking God in His kingdom first. It really does. And that's why today's next step is I will seek God in His kingdom first this week. By all means, let's pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And as we pray, let's look around and let's see where seeking God in His kingdom first will mean sharing, growing, and living the new life of Jesus with a meal that we offer to somebody who just really, quite frankly, needs to have some fellowship or needs a meal. Or maybe it will mean offering a place to stay or maybe we'll deliver some groceries to somebody. Or you let God tell you what it means this week because he will. When we're committed to seeking him first and his righteousness first, he will show us what it is that he's going to give us and also how he's going to use us to give blessing to others. Amen? Amen. So, before we can seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, we have to experience Jesus, his son, as Savior and Lord. Jesus invites us into a whole new life, a life where he's our Savior, which means he rescued us from sin and death, where he's Lord, which means he's our owner or our master. And if you haven't responded to that invitation from Jesus, if Jesus is not right now Lord and Savior in your life, I want you to know it's a simple Simple thing to respond. It's not easy to live the life that you're going to gain from having Jesus as Savior and Lord, but it's simple to respond. It's as simple as A, B, C. A is admit. Admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you're broken. Admit that you've fretted and forgotten. You've fretted that God won't meet your need, and you've forgotten that there is a God who's meeting your needs. When you've had abundance, you've taken credit for it all by yourself. So admit those things. Believe is B. Believe that Jesus is Lord. He is God. He is Savior. He's all of those things. And that He came to live a perfect life so that we could have life now and forever. And then see, confess your sin to God. Don't just admit it to yourself, but confess it to God. Repent of it. Turn away from it. That's the beginning of the new life we live. We have to turn away from the old life before we can receive the new life. So we receive that new life in the power of the Holy Spirit when we admit when we believe and when we confess. And if you would like to do that right now, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I simply ask you right now that anyone who's listening, anyone who's watching, watching who has never trusted Jesus, Savior and Lord, would simply say this. Heavenly Father, I admit you. I admit to you I'm a sinner. I admit to you that you haven't been first in my life. I admit that Jesus has never been my Lord and Savior, and I believe right now He is. He needs to be. I believe that He came here to earth to live a perfect life in my place because I couldn't live that perfect life, and that He died on the cross for me, for my sins, and that He rose from the dead, and now that He is with you once again, and I ask you to send your Holy Spirit to me that I can receive that new life. God, I pray for all of us who are watching today that we would know the power of your presence, that we would know the intimate relationship of having you as our heavenly Father, and that we would trust you for every one of our needs. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.